Hello, hello. Welcome to the Natural Misconceptions Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mora, and I'm here to highlight all the misconceptions that we hold about life, culture, natural family planning, and fertility. I'm here to ask family, friends, and experts to help me uncover and debunk common myths, misunderstandings, and misconceptions. So get ready to learn and laugh while we pull back the veil, because on this podcast, there's no such thing as TMI. Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of the Natural Misconceptions podcast. I have a particularly special guest today, my hunky, handsome, hairy husband. Say that five times fast. No, thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny when I started making plans for this and was thinking of people, individuals that I'd like to have on and topics I'd love to cover, (laughs) he was like 16th on the list. (laughs) <laughs> it came as an afterthought, mostly just because my brain was like on a roll of people I really wanted to include in this. And like you were already a given. I was like, I guess I should actually like write it down because if I don't write something down because of who I am as a person, it just doesn't happen. Right. So here we are. Here's my husband. Um, His name is Xavier and I'll let him give a little spiel about himself. I think you pretty much nailed it. My name is Xavier and I am your husband. That's <laughs> well, okay, so maybe we could talk about your name, sure, which is already like wait what? Because even on the previous episodes, like for example, Alexis mentioned your name, and I don't know if I have said your name on at other points, but if anyone out there is like, what kind of name is that? So was I. He introduced himself the first time in our uh, campus union building cafeteria where we had many dates. But the first time we met was through a mutual friend. He stood up, shook my hand, and said, Hi, I'm Xavier. And I half chuckled and said, No, really, what's your name? But that that's... That's my name. And, like, it's been that way since, like, second grade. Like, the fourth substitute. I realized, oh, this is going to be forever. Just having to explain it. And I actually have a little bit of anxiety whenever I meet people. I always have this internal debate. Should I just say Xavier or should I just save everyone a little bit of time and say Xavier or Javier? And then that interaction solidified this debate that should happen always and forever. I'm really sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Well, and I, I was, yeah, I'm sorry I contributed to the anxiety about it, but well, that's not your name. That's not your name. Your name is not Xavier, Mm -hmm. nor is it Javier. And the funny thing is, and it gets annoying to me, but I think you have gotten so accustomed to it. Like, he'll introduce, like, hi, I'm Xavier. And then the person will like, it's nice to meet you, Javi. Right. Like, I messed messed up my own name. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not. And I'm like, hey, stranger. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong here. Yeah. That should should be my name. You're right. Yeah, that's message to me i'm sorry so it it bothers me now i think you have become accustomed to it but i'll like look at him and say and like you know give a what the heck kind of expression and he kind of just shrugs because he's way more low-key than i am right um okay tell me a little bit about yourself where do you reign from what are your interests grow up in small town texas where we currently live okay well you are into Cycling. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I do like riding my bike. I, I have two bikes, one I built. When I ride around on a little trainer so I can pretend like I run around. But... <laughs> um, what other interests do you have? Okay, so like this guy, 
changed his major a couple times in, in college and still didn't do the thing he majored in. It's true. I am currently a high school geometry teacher, which is about as exciting <laughs> as it sounds. Yeah, Peter gets it. <laughs> um, if you haven't noticed, I've recently come to the conclusion that I have ADHD. <laughs> uh, yeah, we frequently refer to we we just call it by name and recognize yeah so majored in music and then essentially became a teacher not even related to music field how do you like it i love it um stephanie mentioned before that whenever we were getting engaged it was at a charism retreat and you know charisms really quickly are these particular attributes and gifts that the holy spirit bestows on us at baptism that are meant for the building up the church basically it's like like hey you're gonna be a carpenter here's a hammer like that kind of like gift in working for the church there's several of them one of my highest ones was teaching and that's um been really apparent in my field and career i uh started out teaching third grade which is definitely way too young for my skill set but we made it work and then I eventually moved on to fourth grade and then fifth grade. And then I am currently teaching high school, 10th grade, and I won a little class of ninth grade. So you mentioned how like the charism teaching is your charism that comes out in your personality, like even outside of your career choice, because like when you get into something, i.e. like cycling or podcasting or whatever like new interesting thing you found from good old ADHD you just dive into it and then everyone in your inner circle needs to learn about it as much as you have you gotta follow dopamine (laughs) um he's very I think eloquent in explaining things including like like NFP things him and I have learned a lot together um conversation having frequent conversations about it all and then he'll he'll turn around and, t- and chat to anyone who cares to listen about it um co- various co-workers have learned about their own anatomy because of my husband yeah it's, yeah it's been very weird and it kind of shows the apparent need for resources like this podcast because whenever we first started diving into it of natural family planning and natural cycles within the female body and these these mechanisms that god placed into the physical flesh and uh i previously taught at a private catholic school so i was we're talking about you know just family things with one of my co-workers and she mentioned how her and her husband were trying to conceive but it wasn't going great So I mentioned, oh, we have a midwife. She helps us do this. It just kind of organically came out that I had to teach this woman about how her period works and why it's different or why it's the same or why it's probably not 28 days to Mm -hmm. this 34-year-old woman. And it was like something has gone terribly wrong or me, the 25-year-old guy teacher in third grade is teaching a 34 year old woman how her period works on the playground while students (laughs) are running around and complaining or playing tag and such yeah um i want to add the caveat um what your knowledge came a lot when we when we were pregnant the first time a lot of mine i started 
diving in when I had the issues previously, but that's right. like our journey collectively came and we, I think we just accidentally became crunchy. Yeah. It just started making sense. Like I, I would call our midwife crunchy as a joke and I realized, oh wait, it's me. I'm crunchy. Which like, there's a lot of things we definitely are not crunchy about, but like probably should be, but just in general, just like at this general, more holistic viewpoint um finding more either natural resources natural like that just the information that like our bodies already hold quite powerful processes that we can utilize um and just doing that more so better into exercise try to be more aware of our nutrition when we're not also super super lazy um Limit plastics and things like that. Yes. Our kitchen is... I actually really love our kitchen despite the size and lack of storage, but, like, I love our kitchenware. I, mm-hmm. I intentionally, like, registered for our wedding for only, like, glass storage um, containers and things like that. And Pyrex, just, baby! <laughs> this is not advertisement. Um but yeah, and then we recently got. But we'd be open to it. <laughs> Let us know if you have the hookup with the Pyrex people. <laughs> That's the big money right there. <laughs> um, what I was trying to say, ADHD is <laughs> the new pants that we got, which are Teflon free. Um, oh yes, the Caraway pants. Yeah. Yeah, it's just straight up beautiful. Yeah, they're super pretty, and they cook really well. Oh yeah, it's just great. This podcast is not about my cookware or my kitchen, but just about like the choices we have collectively come to realize are just generally better for us. Um, Which, to be fair, my podcast is about cookware. <laughs> you have a podcast? No, it didn't go well. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so what I was getting at is like all the choices we have collectively made for the fam, for the two of us and for the boys um, of just things we want to be aware of, of you know, limiting the toxins where we can for the health of our hormones and endocrine system and our just general well-being and energy levels. That was a great burp. I'm so glad we caught that on, yeah. on audio. Forever. Forever. We'll play that snippet. It'll break my ringtone, to be honest. No one has a ringtone anymore, Xavier. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? Uh, so, um... Did you when okay, we did this deep dive. We were obviously already married when the when you kind of came to the knowledge of NFP. Well, not really. I mean, I guess engaged at least. Uh-huh. Um, because we did learn a little bit about it prior to actually getting married. Did you find it odd? Did you find it weird? Did you find it gross? Or was it just this is what it is? No, it was very intriguing. And I think that's been the general response from the guests that you had whenever you I know Maggie mentioned that was like on board right away. Mm-hmm. You know, and um would you say that you and Jose are in the minority or that most guys would think it's interesting? I think I originally thought – here's a distinction. It's going to be a little pointed. I think men would find it interesting. I think boys would find it gross. Okay. That's a good point. Because I think like when men are – like you can't act without knowledge. So like knowing more about how your body is working, how it was designed to work, how – habits and laziness hinder its processes how can we restore those processes like should really come hand to hand in a healthy god-centered relationship 
and really and like maybe like every healthy relationship probably has that not in those terms it's not everyone uses the same vocabulary but we're all striving for the true good and beautiful yeah i like that a lot and it it all is integrated into oh sorry bubba it all is integrated into theology of the body which is an inherent knowledge i think we have or at least crave to know and so when we start to learn the vernacular to describe those things that you just said like it just makes sense i always say this like when i learn something new about the faith or about anything that's true good or beautiful like i react to it in a way that's like almost as if i've always known it like you remembered something yeah something forgotten as opposed to learning you info and i'm like no that makes perfect sense because it is absolute truth um it's almost like duh yeah, just because that is the way God designed it. So, like, the way my fertility works just makes sense. Like, currently, it's not actually working because this tiny baby still needs more of me and mm-hmm. doesn't want to give up the attention he needs. Right. Um, my body is like, no, we probably don't need another baby right now because you have one small enough that needs more of you. Right. And it's funny to me, like, the lengths people will go to explain these things without God in the picture. So, like, the the reigning theory evolutionarily is that biologically we're programmed to replicate our genetic code as much as possible. So, women are locked down with nine months of gestation, and then, which really isn't enough. So, therefore, there's a long time of extreme care that, for the species to survive, requires your whole attention. Mm -hmm. As the hunter-gatherer caveman bro, I don't have to do that. So I can be fertile all the time and spread my seed as much as possible, which is a truth to that in like the population and creation of the species. But God uses that reality. The recent post we read um, on Instagram and just like conversations we've had similarly about the complementarity of man and woman. Oh, yeah. The receptivity that a woman must have, mm-hmm. i.e. like woman receives the sperm to make a baby. Like I... I mean, we could go have sex right now and I could theoretically receive your sperm, but most likely nothing would happen. I eat no conception because I have not yet ovulated to my knowledge. I am attempting to, we shall see. Um, so like I cannot be perpetually receptive and that's not necessarily just talking in terms of sex and biology, but like, like I have a limit to what I can intake. And the same goes for like when I'm learning something new, when I'm I, I semi lost my train of thought when it comes to the female, but like as the man, then always can be what is the opposite of receptive? Giving, but a better word than that, because I have a, a high vernacular. Giving. Giving. Um, you can theoretically, of course, we're monogamous, but like theoretically be giving of yourself frequently, constantly, just like you said. And I think the same goes for like our, our, uh, just the way that we work in domestic bliss of like, you know, especially in the early newborn stage and we're kind of coming out of it now that Peter's a little more independent and doesn't nurse like 24 seven, but only like 12 <laughs> seven. Um, but at the beginning you were doing so much. You had to give more of yourself continually like all day, every day while I just had to sit there and just be and just receive Peter and receive Paul, right. and you had to keep giving of yourself. Right, and I think that's the beauty of it, of like, 
like it's all true like the natural cycles of receptivity shift the focus of how we receive you know like when there are times where whether you're um tta or ttc like that changes where you can be really receptive physically and emotionally in a sexual manner but when whenever part of your cycle you decide that's no longer an option you must be receptive in other ways you know and Mm -hmm. it and like it forces you to see the bigger picture of who you are in god's eyes like you're more than just your body Mm -hmm. um that's always the thing the theme in the gospels is christ is always elevating who we are and elevating the challenge of what that means you know so it's easy for i say easy usually most married couples don't have a problem having sex with each other (laughs) that's a pretty easy thing um to like be convinced of but then when that's no longer an option then you must now understand each other on a deeper level to be receptive and to be generous and present and giving you know Mm. there's that concept of the five love languages um and that's a really helpful tool to kind of help decipher how you are naturally programmed to receive and give but then there's that challenge of having to learn one to give love to your spouse in a way they are naturally going to receive it but then how to learn to receive the love your spouse is naturally going to give right like there's a doubleness to it it's not always like well my love language is touch so you need to just touch well my love language is acts of service so when i do something for you you need to recognize that also as love yeah i have a funny anecdote about that that you may very likely recall i was in when we were both in college still dating and i don't remember all the things that were going on but we just had a really really busy day both of us did i was babysitting um and hadn't eaten and so he offered to make me a meal and bring it to to the house where I was babysitting. Super sweet. That took a lot of time out of his schedule, which was already busy, and he had to book it elsewhere to go. I don't remember. Um, so he brought me the meal, kissed me, and, like, walked out. And I was pissed, like, just livid, like, in tears, upset. Because I just was so sad that I didn't get to see him all day other than the 10 seconds it took him to drop the meal off at the door. And I was like, why are you leaving? Like, you should have just slapped some bologna on some bread so I could have calories and then spent the 30 minutes you spent cooking this meal with me instead. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. I like went out of my way, took time I didn't really have to make you this like significantly more nutritious and like meal made with love than slapping but i would not actually like delicious i would not actually yeah um want bologna on bread but i wanted to be with him and he just wanted to serve me and those are not always the same and we both just completely weren't listening to the other's love language and so like in the same way like postpartum you know i have to one like we can't you know we can't have sex especially those first six weeks when you're legit like just should not be um for your health but you know, like I have to really like just bask in the love of him grabbing me the 47th burp cloth. Sorry, someone's really lost their patience out there. Yeah, right. but I digress. Mm-hmm. We were in a really good flow. Flow. What was I saying? Guy. Well, you're talking about that time 
I made you a delicious <laughs> hot meal and you did not appreciate it because I had to go somewhere. Okay, but we're over it though, right? Yeah. No, really, it was like a big eye-opening thing, like as like a growing as a person. Um, For both of us, I think. Right, because I remember the phrase distinctly when it was like, oh, I get it. Because I was just, I could not understand. It was like she was yelling at me in Japanese. Like, I have no idea why. I can see you're upset, and I have no clue why. And that's making me upset, because fight or flight. And then you said the phrase, like, I would rather eat cardboard with you than this delicious meal without you. And that's when it clicked. Oh. Did I really that, say that? Yes. Dang, I'm good. I know. Um, it just clicked. Oh, this is sound dumb. Oh, people are different. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that on the regular. Right. But like what that really means and like how that's a constant challenge in marriage, friendships, co-workers you know um like really having to be in tune with each other spiritually most important and then mentally emotionally and then physically and that's really where the scaffolding build each other up like gaining more understanding in one of those four realms is not going to take away from the other three that's so true i think that's like, not even something I realize that I forget, but, like, don't think about consistently. So when I'm sad about the season of abstinence that we've got to go through, like, man, but man, we we have been bonding so much over the podcast and just, like, general kind of life plans that we've been making. Like, I just feel like we've been more connected in every other way mm-hmm. because we've had to abstain. Right. Which is not the case for everyone. So I want anyone listening to this, like, if if you're like, well, F you. <laughs> right. Oh, you have a perfect marriage. No, I suck. I'm <laughs> a difficult person to live with. So, like, if you're the praying type, pray for my wife because I am a huge cross to her. Oh, well, the same, the reverse is also true. That's what marriage is, right? It's your vocation. And vocation is, in the simplest definition, how you get to heaven. Yeah. Right. So it's supposed to be a cross because that's what Christ had to do. Right. And we we talked about that. One of our friends was sharing on Marco Polo because 2021 um, that like she was on a first date. Initial impression wasn't great. And she was just reaching out. Like how much should she really give like a chance to this dude? And then through all the advice, she made the revelation of like, you're right. I want a... She said, I want a lumberjack who is already a saint, and that's just not going to happen. And it led to her own private conversation of marriage. Like, marriage is what makes you a saint. Like, that's how you get to heaven. So that means you're the saint maker, where you living with you is like a crucifixion, (laughs) you know? So difficult that it will diminish your purgatory time. Right. And, of course, yeah. and like it's always a gift of god like don't be the person that types in the comments somewhere like you can't earn faith like, yeah we know that we're talking about the specific situation i do not do well with trolls if you've not gotten that in those last two seconds <laughs> um so far i've only had one troll so i know i was really very proud of you for that i feel like you're not doing anything worth online if you don't have at least one troll that's fair um but yeah so so all that to say like okay 
I just wanted to continue my little So I just wanted to reiterate that, like, I know that our situation, so despite the fact that we're in the phase of abstinence, we've grown together in other ways. That's not... It's like, if you don't look past the pill, that's the solution. Mm -hmm. You can take that and you won't have kids when you don't want to. Mm -hmm. As soon as you look a little bit past that, everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. Let's say you don't, right? Like a majority of people. There's a kind of a movement now to go beyond it. Like there's a Dr. Brighton's book, Beyond the Pill. That's become really good. Mm -hmm. Like a big bestseller. But there's almost this desire from um, NFP instructors, not across the board, but there's a reflex of like, oh, we have to save people from this thing, whether that's the physical corporal realities of the toxicity of the pill or the spiritual realities of the damage the pill does to one's soul um, in, you know, trying to outmaneuver God and his design, your body through contraceptives of like, I just need to convince you that this thing is also easy. Like NFP is great. It's fun. Like your, your spouse and you get together and it's easy and you chart everything. They always throw out that statistic where like 50% of all marriages end divorce, but 99 or 98% of couples that practice NFP never get divorced. That whole thing, like that number. And one, the number is inflated. But two, it's, it's not like a malicious thing. I'm trying to trick you in NFP. It's like a desperation to like bring people to the better alternative, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there's a dishonesty there. It's a, it's a bait and switch. Because yeah. then you come up against the hardness of NFP. You're like, why the hell did I do this? Yeah. You know? This oh, sucked. yeah. It's way more difficult than having to take a pill every day. Because taking, you know, taking your vitamin every day isn't isn't all that hard. Unless you're me. But, um, yeah, yeah. NFB is significantly more challenging. And I will say, I know the majority of people that I follow on Instagram are less like that. And I think 100%, a yeah. lot of people are moving away from that. Making sure, like... They have that caveat from the get-go that NFP is difficult and it's hard to find the balance to say NFP is difficult, so I'm not going to lie to you, but also do it anyway because it is for your betterment and not just for those who are trying to avoid pregnancy. And I know I've said this probably multiple times that like it is for everybody. It is for every woman for a variety of reasons because it gives you that idea of where your health is. So even if you're not ever going to be married or never called to have children like having an idea of your health markers including your menstrual cycle is just as important of knowing like what are other vital signs your blood pressure like if you have high blood pressure or not that's something you should know about yourself so is your cycle whether or not it's it's in a healthy whether or not it's in a healthy range or anything so yeah um all of those things to say, yes, it's difficult, but it doesn't negate the, the good. Right. And I think we all know that. We all know somewhere deep down. We all know that. You and I and people. I wouldn't even say, like, if people were really honest with themselves, like, nothing. what's that cliche? Nothing worth having comes easy. That's fair. You know, and like, we started off talking about how we're pretty crunchy compared to most people. But that's been the pitfall, right? Is plastic is easy because you can throw it away instead mm-hmm. of having to wash it. 
or this is easier than doing this, blah, blah, blah. This tastes better. This is better. Like, I am more comfortable. Right. And now we're trying to look at it and look at those habits. And we're realizing, oh, that's not great. Mm -hmm. You know, look at all this. Like, one, look at all this pollution. Everyone happily jumps on that one. Like, look at all this. Look at the climate, like, polluting the air. Oh, that wasn't good. We should probably hold off on that. You know? Or... Like, oh, let me get the plastic spoons and just throw those away. Because that's easier than having to wash this metal one that's objectively better for me, the environment, overall processes, hormone exposure, children and generations to come, because I didn't want to wash a spoon. Yeah. And we're talking about, um, I think it was Alexis, because Alexis and I are pretty close. and she was like mourning that her future spouse won't have that relationship because with us. with us because it's just we're not in college it didn't happen like organically and i said well we should just all like as soon as she finds someone she thinks is husband material we should just all go on a big trip together and i said we should just go camping because that's how you really know someone is can you be uncomfortable because it's good for you yeah you know and um there's something to be gained in doing something that's hard, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where like one facet of natural family planning within a marriage is, is that it's hard, but what you gain is a deeper understanding of each other, a deeper appreciation for what the other one needs and receives from you mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And then the beauty of children, you know, like this beauty of life, these wonderful things that you have a hard job making argument against come from this knowledge of each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the first step of, of loving your beloved is knowing your beloved. Yeah. You talked about doing the hard thing and it reminded me of, of the difference between going on vacation and going on pilgrimage. Like, okay, we should just take this guy, this new hypothetical guy camping to see like, are you going to be, brat about this are you gonna complain or are you gonna like take it and enjoy the difficulties for the beauty it brings so like at a pilgrim you know i i've been on several i went to um world youth day both in madrid and uh krakow um like side brag like that's dope i've lived an awesome life thus far um but i remember both times being told by whoever was leading the pilgrimage, like, this is not a vacation. You will get hot. You will get uncomfortable. You will get tired. Um, We are walking a lot. You don't get to be, like, a diva about how you look because you're going to just sweat off makeup and you're, you know, it's just going to be hot, humid, all the things. I don't want to hear you complain about it either. Like, and it wasn't this ugly, rude, like, shut up and grow up. It was just, like, we're here for something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what all of life is, right? It's We're not made for comfort. We are made for greatness. All these wonderful quotes, the truth that is the church. We aren't made for this world. We're made for heaven. Like, and on a pilgrimage, like, we're not there for ourselves and our entertainment. We're there to seek Christ in the beauty of whatever country that is because there's holy people who have lived there before us. Um. 
And I think that's similar to what you were saying about, um, and then also on these trips, you know, whether it be vacation or pilgrimage, like really like just being present to the people around you. And I think it's the same thing, like in day to day, like knowing your beloved, as you said, loving them and serving them in the way, not only that you are good at serving, but the way that they receive the love, um, I think our conversation just kind of came full circle to talk about like those difficulties that we have to face, including occasional abstinence or a difficult chart um, through NFP. Like those are all leading us to the good, to the good of who God is, who God created us to be, the difficulties that we go through and et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like I can now talk in circles about it, but I'm hoping I landed the point of everything being interconnected i think so and like like what is heaven to be intimately united with god to know him and to love him perfectly and if we're made in the likeness and image of him then the more we know and love and understand each other the closer we get to him Mm. which is heaven so what i basically said is if you live a good marriage you go to heaven that's the vocation there, you know? It's not about, like, just being married and having a spouse. Like, I was talking to Alexis when she was here, that there is a comfort and a fear in marriage. Because it becomes very clear. Your path to heaven is right in front of you. But be careful what you pray for, because now you know your path to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is. So I was telling her, what helps me keep it in perspective, and I'm bad at it, but I'm trying to get better, is not that this is how I will get to heaven, but the the quality of husband and father that I can be will determine if I go to hell or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are the reality and the stakes of it is and that's just my mentality it's not like well if i do a good job i'm gonna go to heaven it's if i do a bad job i'm gonna go to hell because this is this is how god has ordained me to carry my cross here's your cross you know it now pick it up and carry it Mm -hmm. you know and some days i don't wanna (laughs) it sucks and um and that's the beauty of children, is they don't care, right? Like, if I had a long day at work, if students were just particularly... Not, irksome. Irksome. That's a nice, politically correct term. Um, Paul's only going to be like, oh, I understand that. I'm going to play quietly over here and not <laughs> not kill myself. Like, you take your time, put up your feet. Can I get you a beer? Are you good? Like, he's not going to do that. <laughs> You know, he's going to want to play with his dad and he deserves to have his dad there play with him, you know. So you have to grow as a person. Damn it. I know. That's difficult. Right. I don't want (laughs) to. I don't want to, right? And the fortunate thing is that the world gives you outs, you know. Like, NFP, if you don't want to understand this, but you want to be sexually active and not bring children to the world, there's a way to do that. 
you know. Here's the pill. There are several ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah, really. I talk about the pill frequently because it's so easy to touch on the specific hormonal disruptions. Um, but then, you know, all the things, I mean, all the things. I recall actually the midwife, as crunchy as she is, she was very on board with the fact that we did NFP. And after Paul was born, she's like, okay, so what are you guys going to do? We told her. She's like, okay, cool. But you're still going to use a condom, right? I'm um, very taken aback. But I have to remember like, oh, you got the good and the beautiful, but you're missing part of the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also like really internalizing why each of these things, because they are uh, somewhat different from one another. And of course, as, as those of us who do know theology of the body, and maybe some of us listening do not, um, free, total, faithful, and fruitful, every single act of intercourse should be all for every time. Free, total, faithful, and fruitful. Um, so like any category you could think of, of like actual contraceptive methods, other than just having to wait for one another during certain times is going to negate one or multiple of those four things. Right. And I think, don't you want your spouse to be completely yours? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, in the Catholic tradition, when you present yourself as a sacrament, you know, you're saying, I will be his and she will be mine. Like, you're in it exchanging in a covenant which is an exchanging of persons mm-hmm. you know yeah and you can't do that with the rubber in the middle you just can't you know there's there's always something blocking it there's something in the way literally and figuratively these the complete openness and exchange has broken down mm-hmm. and you could say well that's a little dramatic don't you think but 50 percent of marriages end up in divorce like, more i think i think the statistic is worse these days right you know um fatherlessness is rampant like all these atro- atrocities like i mean can you tie them all directly back to a misunderstanding of the marital union even in marriage i mean probably not but you can't deny that something shifted somewhere so why can't it be that absolutely absolutely like the community we talked earlier about like okay why should i spend however much money on plastic spoons for my laziness and not just wash the damn metal spoon um it's the same thing all in the name and convenience well i i like sex it's enjoyable i want to have it when i want to have it consequences not only be damned but like not even pondered i don't even want to ponder the consequences it doesn't matter to me because that's down the line i'm not thinking down the line i'm thinking how i feel right now And, and i think we have this skewed scale i think of it with back to the midwife thing like i had a hard time with some of the things she would recommend us do like You can go to Walmart and get a big jar of prenatal vitamins for like $7. He's like, no, you need to get these that are nearly $50 for half of the doses that the other one has. And I'm like, why the hell do I need those? It's like, well, these are synthetic and your body doesn't know what to do with them. So they're not in your body long enough before you just literally piss away your money. And I was like, that's not true. That's just some scammy, crunchy BS that's out there like whatever else 
And then, of course, I look it up on my own, and it's like, oh, that's like a well-documented thing, you know? So then the reality is, is that these high-quality vitamins that your body will actually use cost this much. They don't cost that much. They shouldn't be that cheap. But we don't think of things that way. We have this skewed sense of the value of stuff, you know, and that extends to everything. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you know, Stephanie mentioned I'm a cyclist. So whenever someone asks, like, hey, I want to get into biking and stuff, like, how much does an intro bike cost? Like, well, an intro bike at a bike shop during no- normal times, not COVID times, is going to be around four or $500. Like, whoa, I'm going to get the $80 bike from Walmart. And it's like, that's not how much bikes cost. Those bikes are crap. They're built by whoever's the most sober in the back, you know, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. Which is the lesson we learned the hard way when we when you first got into cycling is because we're like, hey, let's go buy bikes from Walmart. And we bought the $80 bikes right. that were clunky. And mine was broken. Right. We had to take it back in exchange. And they yeah. still didn't know how to fix that. I'd take it to an actual bike shop and they fixed it. Yeah. You know. But and that's just like a microcosm of how skewed our perception of the value of everything can be mm-hmm. you know where through the sexual revolution and contraception and everything like that like the value of sex is its availability yeah no longer is it the intimacy between a husband and a wife and the the fruitfulness it can bear mm-hmm. you know because like neither of our boys were planned but i don't really consider them like unplanned pregnancies like like i know that's on paper what they were but there was an openness in it that i was like oh children happened like Uh that's what's supposed to happen okay cool yeah i had a hard time articulating that in the last episode i said something similar i was like on paper yeah they were technically unplanned because we weren't actively trying to conceive them and in fact both times because i wasn't charting prior to both times i presumed I was not fertile at the time I just didn't really know that much about where I was so yeah on paper they were unplanned but that's neither here nor there right and and really all this back to like some kind of central point because I feel like they've been all over the place like it seems counterintuitive but in restraining yourself and learning these things and putting in effort to become familiar with it because you get these general rules but you need to practice and look at your own signs and then you need to pay for an instructor there's a discipline there you have to budget for it because you can't you need an instructor there to just look at it you wouldn't do that anywhere else mm-hmm. like you wouldn't do that with anything else like i don't know why the conception is like oh this is new thing you know i'm gonna start charting whatever and it's like yeah but you don't know what you're really looking at so it's nice to have an instructor tell you yeah that is that or more likely no that's wrong you know but in these restraints and these exercises of discipline you gain freedom there is an openness a fruitfulness and intimacy like it's a marriage based on reality not in this idea of what each other is or really what this what the other person could can be for me Mm -hmm. it's in who you are and whose you are 
and the same for myself. That's beautiful. Thanks. I feel God in this chilies tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My love, I'm grateful for you. Um, And all the things. I am grateful right now for you joining me in this. It's not that late, but we're early birds. So staying up a little later than usual to both record. And then when you decide to edit another late night. Um, But thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and your um, eloquence. Oh, can I tell people about the debate prints? Sure. So he, uh, in high school, was very skilled in on the debate team because he's a nerd. Just kidding. I'm a talker and a face worker. <laughs> uh, so during an argument of ours, I was upset and I was really trying so hard to be very petty. Very petty. And I was frustrated because since he's so good at speaking and very intelligent, he tends to always get the last word in. Or be more right. Um, And so I was like. I don't remember exactly how I said it. But I wanted it to hurt him. (laughs) I said something along the lines of like. Well sorry you're the debate prince. And you're always right. Which is just not a good insult. Like just on paper. it's, It's dumb and bad. But now I bring it up as a joke. And as a term of endearment. Because you are quite good with with your uh, speaking skills. So thank you debate Prince for joining us <laughs> on the podcast and, and sharing your heart and your, and your mind. Yeah. No, I remember the argument and I remember that moment very vividly. Cause even in the heat of anger, just be like, what? What, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> you just go jump in the pond. If you're going to be a silly kid. <laughs> Love you, babe. Thanks for coming on. Love you, too. And out. Like, that's the freedom that NAFTA family planning brings a marriage. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Natural Misconceptions podcast. My name is Stephanie Mora. And don't forget, there's no such thing as TMI. just come on and be like hello hello and welcome to the natural Mis-. like as if you're the host I'm your host. right like put on like a real fake like newscastery kind of voice no just be you but be me be you be you being me i don't want to do that hello hello and welcome to the natural misconceptions podcast my name is stephanie mora and this, <laughs> this time is not I'm- what i said